Blog Talk Radio. Hey, good evening, and welcome to Perfectly Healthy and Tone Radio, otherwise known as Fat Man Radio, and I am your host, Darren McDuffie, otherwise known as the Fat Man. So thank you for joining me tonight. Tonight I am super excited about um, this show because this is something that I think is very, very important, especially at this point where we are being bombarded by a lot of toxins. Um, We're using a lot of plastics and different things. So I think this topic is very, very pertinent and is very important, and we'll be talking all about hormones tonight. But before we get into that and I bring my uh, special guest on the show, I wanted to just give you some some general announcements. Um, I just finished up a blog post. I don't know if you guys are following my blog at I'mTheFatMan.com. I hope that you are, uh, where I did a recent post called Cereal Killer Part 1, where I talk about whole grain cereal, a lot of the cereals, cornflakes, Fruit Loops, Lucky Charms, all that stuff is made out of grains. And I give you a rundown of what it's actually doing when you uh, ingest those things. So this week I've been working on Cereal Killer Part 2, and uh, it gets into the history of cereal and how cereal came about, especially cornflakes. And uh, what I will do at the end of that post is give you a solution to make yourself your own healthy cereal. And it's something that I've tried. It's very filling. It's actually more filling than, than any other breakfast cereal that I've tried. And I'll give you the recipe to that after you uh, read that blog post. So look out for Cereal Killer Part 2. That's coming up. I'll probably just put that out on Monday. But... All right, so we're we're finished with that, and I wanted to get into the show. Um, this show is uh, the guest for this show is Dr. Krasinska. She's a medical doctor out out of Chicago, and she has so graciously offered to talk to us tonight about hormones. So, without further ado, I wanted to bring Dr. Krasinska on the show. Dr. Krasinska, welcome to Fat Man Radio. Thank you. Good evening, everyone. Thank you very much for inviting me. And I would like to talk about hormones and specifically bioidentical hormones and how important it is to keep good hormonal balance in our body because hormones govern many different reactions and um, affect our body in many, many different ways, from metabolism to our psychology. Hormones can influence the way we look as well the ways we feel and the way we even perceive our environment. Mm, So hormones um, decline when we get older. Doctor, before you um, before you get into that, um, if there if you have any questions for the doctor, you can call in at six four six seven one six ninety three seventy one. So again, the number is six four six seven one six ninety three seventy one. You can call in and ask questions. Now, before you get into talking about hormones, can you kind of tell us and guide us through our sense and accent? And uh, I know that you're not uh, American born. Um, can you kind of tell us your journey and how you got to studying hormones and how you became a how you became a doctor? Well, yes, I I finished medical school in Poland, and I moved to United States 36 years ago. I lived longer here than I lived in Poland, actually. So when I started residency training here at one of major hospitals in Chicago. The thing that I learned was that we should rely on 
pharmaceutical drugs and anything like even taking vitamins was something that was considered waste of patients' money at that time. So for many, many years, I practiced primary care as family practitioner in Chicago. And during that time, I encountered numerous patients, different ages, and many of them quite young in their 20s or 30s, who were complaining about some vague symptoms. And they were walking from one physician's office to the next, from doctor to doctor. Nobody exactly knew what was wrong with them because all their laboratory tests were normal. Nothing specific was discovered on examination, but the patients were not feeling well. Eventually, such patients were referred to psychiatrists because everything was believed to be in their head. Then when I changed my profile, I decided to integrate different methods into my practice, different testing, more in-depth and more specific. Then all of a sudden, all those who were considered hypochondriacs were seriously ill patients. Every single of their symptoms could be explained based on more in-depth laboratory testing. Now, when we look at just symptom and we try to address symptom only, this is like putting Band-Aid on a wound. Mm -hmm. You don't really care what's going on. You just want the symptom to go away. Now, if we try to find out what causes the symptom, because symptom is just our body telling us there is something wrong. You need to pay attention because, yes, I am giving you the signal that I am missing something, something is not working properly. So when we have the symptoms and we try to ignore what can be the cause of the symptom, we can never effectively treat the disease. So in order to find out what, what is really going on, we have to find out what causes the disease, what causes the symptoms. And only through more in-depth testing and also looking at a person as a whole, whole unit, uh, not separate uh, number of different organs and systems. And nowadays, people are going from one specialist to the next, and often cardiologists prescribe them medication that can cause some gastrointestinal side effects. And then when they say, well, right now I have this nausea or vomiting or whatever, then they are told to go to see gastroenterologists. Because, and they go from one next to the next specialist. Nobody really can tell them what's going on. We have to look at health as holistic unit. The whole body has to be healthy because all our organs and systems uh, specifically they work together, they support each other. So, for example, hormones are just one pillar that supports our good health. We need to have also, it is very, very important, we need to have good, strong, well-balanced immune system, as well as we need to have good nutri nutritional balance in our body. And nowadays, it's becoming more and more challenging for all of us 
to have nutrients that our body requires delivered every day. We eat breakfast, and then after that we need to take nutritional supplements because breakfast did not contain those nutrients that we need. We eat lunch, the same thing. So Mm -hmm. we definitely need to supplement our food because not only our food is being more and more processed and not very healthy for us to eat, but also the amount of different toxins in our environment creates more challenges for the body, more oxidative stress. And oxidative stress is damaging and deteriorating to all systems. Every single cell causes premature aging and eventually development of chronic illnesses uh, that can lead to death. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it is very, very important to have good nutritional balance as well as strong immune system. Again, we are facing numerous challenging challenges keeping immune system well balanced because our environment pre- presents so many different challenges. We are actually bombarded with substances that were not known to humans not so long ago. Our body does not have metabolic pathways to address those different chemicals that enter our body on a single everyday basis. We do not know how to eliminate them efficiently. And for many of us, uh, the only way the body tries to escape is to either creating allergic type of reaction, like asthma, seasonal allergies, food sensitivities, or autoimmune system. Autoimmune system illnesses are really increasing significantly because, again, our immune system is challenged, over-challenged on every single day basis. Hmm. Well, that's, um, and I agree with you on that, and I believe I said that at the beginning. Um, and let's get into hormones. What, what is the specific function of hormones in the body? Well, hormones, we have many, many different hormones. Probably the well-known hormones, everybody's aware, are sex hormones because Mm -hmm. they help us develop who we are, our secondary characteristics. They they help us develop to become a man or a woman. Uh, But also there are other hormones like thyroid hormones, adrenal hormones, pituitary hormones, pineal gland hormones. We have many, many different glands in our body which produce numerous hormones. Those hormones regulate different functions and systems, different uh, multiplications of cells and development of certain organs. So if one hormone is lacking, then yes, something in the body can be missing and we may observe decrease of certain function which happens very often. Now, the thing is that when we do laboratory testing, standard laboratory testing, we often miss subtle changes in hormones, and very often those are not addressed. We have to look at uh, specific optimal ranges for each person, which can be very individual. So Mm -hmm. we have to, number one, look, as I mentioned previously, look... um, holistically at each person, and also Mm -hmm. we have to look at optimal 
values of their laboratory tests. So if you're, if you're saying optimal values, let's say I go in to the doctor and they test me as, as a male and they test my testosterone and they say, well, your testosterone looks normal, but I still feel like um, I still feel lethargic. I still have fatigue. Is that they're looking at me, they're lumping me against every other male that's out there, which might not be the best range for me. So is that what you're saying? Yes, that's very true. Because, for example, reference for testosterone, what is considered normal testosterone, is between 300 and 1100. So, very true. One man can feel very well balanced when his hormone testosterone level is 500 and someone else may require to be 1,000 to function well. So, laboratory testing helps us just to guide us so we would not have too low or too high values. But we also, and it's very, very important, we are dealing with life functioning organism, life person, and we need to address their needs, their specific and unique needs. Right. Is there any place where, um, any time where hormones, especially our sex hormones with women, with men is testosterone, with women is estrogen. Is there a time when these hormones drop off? Like I know, I think with testosterone, men peak at 18 or something like that, and I may be wrong, but is there a a uh, a point where hormones need to be addressed, so to speak, that they're starting to drop off? Like I'm 43 right now, so I'm wondering if my hormones need to be checked specifically for testosterone, but I guess the question, again, is, is there a point where men and women seem to start to decline in um, production of hormones? Right. In general, healthy organism um, declines production of hormones, and for for women, it is very, very defined process of menopause. This is very significant, noticeable women complain, majority of them complain of different menopause-related symptoms. For men, the problem is very gradual and can actually escape. Um, the, I mean, you may not even realize that your testosterone may be declining because testosterone start, starts gradually declining in early 30s and can drop down significantly. Again, one man can lose testosterone much faster than somebody else. And uh, if this happens, yes, if this is such a gradual, gradual change, you may not notice because if this is like slightly less today than it was yesterday, you will not notice much of a difference. However, when you over a period of time, you look and you say, well, I am 50 now and I really do not feel the same as when I was 30, then you realize that maybe this is again related to hormones. In such situation, when someone starts complaining, especially to allopathic physician, they are usually told, well, you are getting older. I mean, you are not going to be 20 anymore. You are 50 right now, so what do you expect? You should sleep less. You should gain weight. You may have all sorts of different aches and pains because you are getting old. And that was accepted point of view for 
many, many generations, for thousands of years, people are accepting this. However, within recent maybe 20, 25 years, when medical science taught us that we can preserve our hormone at good youthful level until late in our lives, obviously we can feel much better and much healthier. And there are many scientific research studies which have been done that actually point to the fact that those, both men and women, who have better level of hormones than, for example, the same age group, other people from the same age group, they have fewer degenerative diseases, cardiovascular disease, Alzheimer's disease, osteoporosis, among others. Mm-hmm. So keeping hormone at good level can be of great benefit because everything in nature from plants, animals, and humans was designed to come to this earth develop and grow, reproduce, and after a production, we are not needed. Our function basically finished. We can die. And yes, some animals die immediately after they lay eggs. In humans, this dying process can be more gradual, but then yes, low level of hormones when our uh, reproductive function ended causes many degenerative diseases, which naturally would lead us to death. Yeah, yeah. So um, you mentioned some things that can disrupt hormones, and I know we're just specifically talking about sex hormones, and that seems to be what most people are interested in. But um, what are some of those things that can kind of disrupt our hormones and some of those environmental factors that we are experiencing now that we are not uh, built to, to metabolize? Yes, there are very many environmental uh, actually factors that can disrupt hormonal balance. And for that reason, hormonal imbalances are not observed only among all the people in uh, menopause or andropause age, but I have many patients, younger ones in their 20s or even teenagers who have hormonal imbalances. Again, if this is young woman, usually the treatment for hormonal imbalances is birth control pill. For men, there is practically no, younger men, there is no treatment at all. Now, very often uh, in this younger generation, those hormonal symptoms can trigger emotional and mental problems like anxiety, depression, anger, mood swings. Again, I mean, they are given prescription for antidepressants, sleeping pills, Mm -hmm. which can create even further hormonal imbalances. Now, we can balance this in natural way since, I mean, early age to, to the very, very old age, we can balance hormones at any age. So whoever has any hormonal imbalances can be brought to good hormonal balance at any age. You don't have to uh, wait and you don't have to necessarily take birth control pills or some other antidepressants or sleeping pills to offset hormone-related symptoms. Now, you asked what environmental influences can affect our hormones. Mm -hmm. Quite many, and major ones are chemicals. Chemicals that enter our body, they can behave as xenoestrogens. 
xenoestrogens are toxic estrogens that can skew metabolism of our natural hormones. They can increase risk of breast cancer, prostate cancer, ovarian cancer, testicular cancer. Such hormonal disruptors, number one, are pesticides, herbicides, mm -hmm. bisphenols from plastics, and um, so those are the major ones. Again, I mean, we have so many of those chemicals. Those chemicals were introduced to our world in the last less than 100 years, and specifically, they are extremely abundant in the last 50 years. Evolutionary, we do not have pathways to deal with and metabolize those chemicals when they enter our body. So that creates challenge and problem and causes many, many hormonal problems, uh, degenerative diseases, even cancer. Yeah. Isn't it a job of the liver to kind of do this? And I had to laugh one time. I was sitting here watching something on, uh, I believe it was Fit TV. So it's a while back, probably like a year ago. And they were saying that there's no need to do any type of liver detoxification because your liver uh, can handle everything that's handle all the environmental stressors or the chemicals and all the things that we're going through now. Is that true in your in your retrospect or your uh, in, is it true in what you're saying in your practice, or would you recommend doing some type of uh, liver detoxification? Again, liver was, I mean, is a major organ of detoxification. Mm -hmm. Besides liver, we have kidneys, and also our skin detoxifies. We detoxify through sweating, um, and our kidneys also play a very, very important role in detoxification. And any of those organs can become overloaded with toxins. So yes, our liver was uh, created in such a way that could handle average toxic load, but mm -hmm. not passive toxic overload. So yes, we need to protect function and support function of our liver, and from time to time try to remove excessive amount of toxins from our body through detoxification process. What are some of the things that you do in your practice to to help with uh, that uh, detoxification? Well, major. Uh, first of all, we have to um, eliminate unnecessary pollutants from our environment. So mm -hmm. that will take and eliminate load, unnecessary load from our system. Um, whatever we have, in we should start and look around our house, around our garden, and see what can we do better. Do we need to uh, spray pesticides when we see the one little dandelion growing on our lawn? Dandelion actually is Mother Nature's gift to humans to detoxify, help us detoxify after long winter, because during um, summer time, we have, obviously, in certain climates, we have more uh, productive um, and abundant fruits and vegetables. And those fruits and vegetables that are very rich in antioxidants, then they naturally help detoxify. However, during winter, our detoxification organs, including liver, 
can become overloaded with those toxins. Well, nowadays it is happening very, very fast, and um, I mean everybody can experience liver overloaded with toxins. So yes, we need to detoxify. Major supplement that can detoxify and help, help liver function and remove toxins from the body is number one, vitamin C. Vitamin C can help us remove many, many different toxins. Also, to efficiently remove toxins, we need other nutrients like antioxidants. Antioxidants are substances that create buffer in our organism between toxins and our cells. So those of us who have good level of antioxidants obviously can eliminate toxins faster and more efficiently. Uh, major antioxidants, as I mentioned, are in fruits and vegetables and also vitamins like vitamin C, vitamin E, beta-carotene, uh, resveratrol, pycnogenol, uh, those are major antioxidants that help to remove toxins. Many toxins need to be kind of processed in our body before they can be eliminated. So they need to become from fat soluble into water soluble and then yes, it is much easier those water soluble toxins to be removed. Now if we don't have reserve or proper function of transforming those fat-soluble toxins into water-soluble, then those fat-soluble toxins obviously will lodge in major organs that are very high in fat contents, and that is our brain. Our brain is built from phospholipids. Phospholipids are fatty substances, and actually our brain contains 75% of our brain tissue is made from fats, fatty acids. So uh -huh. if we allow those fatty acids to be contaminated with toxic chemicals, obviously we will feel sluggish, fatigued, we will experience different memory problems, and uh, even Alzheimer's disease and dementia, and I mean very, very serious problems can be related to neurotransmitters imbalance because of toxic overload. Hmm. Hmm. Now, with that, with it, it kind of gave me an idea here about people who are overweight and how that relates to hormones. Or is, or is that because the uh, toxins are being stored? You mentioned the toxins being stored in the fat yes. and the organs. What for someone who's overweight? How does that relate to um, to hormones? Well, someone who's overweight, that type of person can accumulate, obviously, more toxins in their fatty tissue. And mm -hmm. hormones, they uh, actually affect our metabolism. Major hormone influencing our metabolism is thyroid hormone. So many people who have weight loss, problems, they may have hypothyroidism. Very often hypothyroidism is being undetected because, again, majority of physicians look only at laboratory values, laboratory range. So if someone has what is called presently subclinical hypothyroidism, very mild form, 
they would be not treated and they would be told, even by endocrinologists, they would be told that nothing is wrong with them. However, such people may feel sluggish, tired, their metabolism can be very slowed down and that can cause excessive weight gain. Now, hormones like estrogen and testosterone also play a very important role in uh, fat-to-muscle ratio. Excessive amount of estrogen for both men and women can cause fat gain. And good, healthy balance of the, in women, estrogen to progesterone ratio can create silhouette that is uh, more of a balanced between fat and uh, muscle, and the same for men. Testosterone is major bodybuilding hormone and can speed up burning of fat and uh, help us to build healthy muscle tissue. So, yes, hormones also. Very often we, I mean, we, we think that, yes, sex hormones are the only hormones. Hormones such as uh, pituitary hormones influence our weight as well. For example, pituitary gland releases growth hormone, which declines with age, and growth hormone, again, is very uh, much responsible for, that, for keeping very good balance between fatty tissue and muscle tissue. Uh, naturally, with age, our growth hormone level declines, and yes, that can lead to additional difficulty of losing weight and uh, having much more easy time gaining weight. Now, adrenal glands are another very important glands that produce cortisol, adrenaline, DHEA. These hormones protect us against stress. Cortisol is a major buffer against stress. So, when we experience stressful situations, it doesn't matter. It can be emotional, mental, physical stress. Any stressful situation can cause the body to release cortisol, which is protecting us against the stressful situation. However, when stressful situation is not being removed, if it doesn't end and continues, like in many people nowadays, when they have stressful situations lasting for months and sometimes even years in their lives, they can create abnormalities in their hormonal, adrenal hormonal balance. Mm -hmm. And initially, this can be overload of cortisol, and finally, adrenals become fatigued and sometimes even exhausted, and they cannot function anymore, and they cannot produce any more cortisol. In those situations, yes, when adrenal glands are fatigued, the person who carries that adrenal glands also will be fatigued. They will have slower metabolism rate. They can gain more weight. Weight is very complex um, situation. People very often think, well, if I stop eating, I will lose weight. Obviously, they will. Caloric balance is major and of great importance, but hormones play a very important role in weight control. Also, different, again, environmental influences like those that make and create allergies to certain food items like gluten sensitivity or dairy mm -hmm. sensitivity 
can slow down our metabolism. Nowadays, almost everyone has some sort of digestive imbalance because, number one, we are on everyday basis consuming certain amount of antibiotics from milk products. We are consuming hormones, artificial hormones from dairy products and as well as meat. Uh, everyone from time to time has to have prescription of antibiotics for different type of infections. And also those of us who drink on everyday basis chlorinated water, obviously chlorine was added to water to kill germs, to kill bacteria. It is not discriminative. It kills all, good and bad. So when we drink tap water, we furthermore disrupt our bacterial biosis in our digestive system. And uh, there is evidence that even that this biosis can contribute to weight gain. So weight gain is multifactorial, and people may have many, many different weight-related issues. Now, if we just try to not eat or exercise, well, it may be very difficult to lose weight, or sometimes when people go on very restrictive diets, they may lose weight for a certain period of time, but then when they go off that diet, they gain this weight very fast and sometimes even more. Now, with respect to, you mentioned andropause and menopause. Can you kind of um, give the audience a, a brief rundown of that, like what happens in menopause and what happens in uh, andropause? Menopause is cessation of female reproductive function, and that, that's why it is called pause. And in men, actual pause never happens because men, they can father children for many, many years, even very old ones. In menopause, there is sudden uh, abrupt decrease of hormones, especially estrogen and progesterone. Mm -hmm. Before they decline, they fluctuate. We can have high estrogen level the next day, much lower, and they go up and down until they stabilize on very, very low range during uh, postmenopausal years. Now, me women suffer, some of them suffer tremendously during those menopause, men during the time of menopause. They may have all symptoms from hot flashes, night sweats, to even very, very serious emotional problems to the point that sometimes they need to quit their jobs or they cannot function as effective family members. Uh, hormones in men decline gradually and the changes are more subtle. However, they also decline. And changes become sometimes very, very obvious when our hormone levels are quite low. Mm -hmm. And as I mentioned previously, this can affect not, uh, I mean, affects all the whole body. We can have changes in our, in the way we think. We can have memory problems. We can have problems with uh, sleep and uh, different type of anxiety. Now, both men and women can experience 
andropause or menopause symptoms. Huh. Even men sometimes can get hot flashes. They also can get insomnia. They also can get, I mean, accumulation of fatty tissue specifically because when the uh, testosterone declines, estrogen is rela- becomes relatively high at relatively high level. So when this happens, yes, they may even experience noticing accumulation of fat in their stomach area specifically, as well as increase in breast tissue, changes in voice, emotional changes. So keeping hormonal balance once again is very important because this can affect us very, very negatively. Yeah. Now, is that what's happening to a lot of our men? Because you see a lot of men. I live here in Florida, in South Florida, and it's, you know, we can go to the beach pretty much uh, every day of the year unless we get a cold spell here. (laughs) And you see a lot of men that have the, you know, the visceral fat on their chest. A lot of men have the big bellies. And but also what you see is you see a lot of. Uh, what I would call uh, junk food eating, where you, you know, they're eating potato chips, they're drinking beer, they're, they're, you know, eating all these food. Is that contributing to some of the hormonal issues that men are having as well as women? Yes, obviously. Our food can influence our hormones uh, as well as hormones can influence our metabolism. So, yes, it is very important to pay attention to what we eat. And uh, people, actually, majority of people eat uh, what they decide, they feel like eating. They don't pay attention what the food is made uh, from, what are the ingredients in that particular dish. They just say, well, it looks good to me. I feel like eating it, so I'm going to eat this. Yeah. Yeah, are you there? Yes, yes, I'm here. Oh, okay. So very often, I mean, unscrupulous food manufacturers, they create foods that cause addictions because in that situation they can sell more. They can sell more of those products. So when you finish one bag of potato chips, then you feel like, well, I need to eat one more because you want to eat more and more and more. Natural foods, you eat one or two apples and you have enough because natural foods create proper, um, proper feeling of satiety and fullness in our stomachs, in our digestive systems, where foods that are overly processed encourage us to eating excessively. Right. Now, do you work with your, with your patients? Do you work with them in changing their diet along with, the, with balancing their hormones? Yes, absolutely, because if we would try just balance their hormones, then yes, they will have only half of the benefit. When we address everything, then they get much, much higher levels of benefit. And actually, I just recently was um, consulting with one of my patients who came to me several years ago. And at that time, he had many different uh, hormonal issues as well as metabolic issues. He also uh, had um, quite serious emotional problems. He was on antidepressants. 
I suggested that he makes certain changes. I recommended hormone to balance his hormonal imbalances as well as nutritional supplements, and I encouraged him to change his food. He took it very seriously, and he worked very, very hard, and it paid off. And his test results were very, very good. I mean, a few years later, he, because I do, besides hormonal testing, I do very extensive metabolic testing as well, where we can ch- check and see if our amino acids, essential fatty acids, different vitamins, minerals are in balance. And this man accomplished this. Also, I observed that those who take holistic approach and make as many changes as possible to benefit their health, they have the best results. Hormone balancing, sometimes it is more difficult to balance hormones for those people who resist to change their diets or resist to eliminate certain um, toxic uh, ingredients from their environment. Those who would do everything more cohesively, obviously they will have much, much better results and they can be balanced with much lower dose of hormones. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, with your patients, um, do you see um, with are there more hormone problems with men or with women? Well, actually, both sexes can have very many different hormonal issues, and I observe hormonal imbalances in both men and women, and even premenopausal age. And I have some patients men patients who are in their 20s and they need hormonal supplementation because their own body does not produce enough hormones. As well as I have some young women who suffered from many different problems, like, for example, anxiety. I had one patient who was going, she needed to go several times to emergency room because of severe anxiety. They couldn't find anything wrong with her, well, just anxiety. And finally, when she uh, consulted with me, we discovered that she had quite significant hormonal imbalances. Mm. A few Mm. months later, she was doing very, very well. She didn't need any antidepressants or tranquilizers. Wow. Now, I don't know why this is coming to me, but I'm just going to ask. (laughs) Migraine, migraine headaches, can those be influenced by hormones? Absolutely. Or is that something totally different? For that reason, there, there is even condition that is called menstrual migraine because women uh, are more susceptible to hormonal influences and migraine. And migraine can be related to progesterone deficiency in women. So very many women who have progesterone deficiencies, they can experience migraine, especially in the second part of their menstrual cycle. Balancing progesterone helps them relieve migraine. Sometimes also estrogen fluctuations, sudden changes in estrogen levels can also create migraines. So balancing estrogen and progesterone can help. Okay. Now with balancing, I want to get into the bioidentical hormones um, with that. And that's a natural way to balance the hormones instead of, 
uh, going on medications? Because I know there are some medications out there that are not natural for our bodies. How do you work with your patients with the, with the bioidentical bio hormones? And most specifically, can you kind of explain what bioidentical hormones are? When we try to create balance, we can only accomplish this through natural ways. Medications were not designed to create balance. They can only address symptoms. So the same is with hormones. When we have hormonal imbalances, uh, subjecting the body to something not natural like birth control pills can create even more problems. Bioidentical hormones are hormones, are human hormones which were created in the laboratory because obviously we cannot extract hormones from humans. So those are the hormones that were created in chemical laboratory, but they have exactly the, the same chemistry, the same molecular structure as human hormone, like, for example, bioidentical estrogen, when you look at chemistry, is the same as human estrogen and the same with progesterone, testosterone, DHEA, and all other hormones. So because they have exactly the same structure, the same chemistry, when body receives such hormone, which is identical like body's own, it is very easy. It is like welcome gift for the body to receive such hormone because we have all metabolic pathways our body knows exactly what to do with this hormone how to process this how to metabolize it where the hormones should go which cells needs this most so that is very easy process for the body and actually very beneficial now when we take what is called synthetic hormones synthetic hormones are those that are created in laboratory but are almost like human hormones, but they are different. And because they have those slight differences, they work differently. Now, pharmaceutical industries obviously prefer something that is unique for them because they can, call, they can hold patent for that particular product. So they are not interested in producing bioidentical testosterone or bioidentical estrogen or something um, of this type because they cannot patent this. Although I must say that testosterone androgel that is on the market is bioidentical testosterone. The only difference between this pharmaceutical androgel and testosterone that compounding pharmacy can make is the base. And this can be for many people very significant base because mm -hmm. base can affect the way the hormone works what is base base is everything else that allows the hormone to be in certain form like for example we have hormones that are in form of capsules or tablets or gels or creams so hormone is just chemical type of substance let's say like a powder we need to take it and make it in a form of capsule or gel or cream to be absorbed by the body and for that reason we need to add certain substances sometimes natural sometimes not so natural and it may happen also that some of those substances in base can cause problems for some people even 
those that are considered natural products may create problems for those of us who are very, very sensitive, who have chemical sensitivities. So, for example, when we have bioidentical hormones that compounding pharmacy can make to order for each individual person and based on that person's doctor's advice, this can be in a form of a cream or gel or capsule, then we can request, even for the most sensitive person, we can request pharmacists not to include those ingredients that cannot be so beneficial for that particular person. So we can have very pure, very clean products, very well working for individual person, and also we can adjust the dose. It is not, I mean, pharmaceutical industry, because they must produce, they have several two or three different sizes of dose. Uh, compounding pharmacy, because they do this individually for each person, they obviously can create the dose slightly lower or slightly higher than, for example, commercially available, and this can create, again, very significant difference for a person. Yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, the average person that goes in to see a doctor doesn't know how to ask for a hormone test. How do you, what is the, what is a way to test for hormones? Is it a saliva test or is it a blood test? And how, how, is that, how is it done? Well, very often, for example, when you have certain hormonal-related symptoms and you are interested in relieving those symptoms only, not in balance, but just relieving symptoms, you don't need a test because efficacy of the treatment will be evaluated by the level of symptoms that this treatment removed or alleviated or helped. So, for example, uh, synthetic or horse hormones used for treatment of menopause, they can be prescribed without any testing whatsoever. Now, the goal for the, this type of hormonal treatment is to relieve symptoms and the lower the dose that relieves symptoms, obviously, is the most beneficial. Also, they try to keep the person on that hormone for as short period of time as possible just to relieve symptoms. So, I mean, if, we have, if symptoms are gone, then we know that we have the right dose. We don't need to check anything else. However, when someone comes to me and they complain of certain hormonal imbalances, and they are interested in bioidentical hormones. I actually don't um, prescribe other hormones. I mean, other hormones can be used in very few uh, medically um, specific situations. But in general, bioidentical hormones are much, much more beneficial, much better, safer, can be used basically forever for the rest of our lives. So there is no any dangerous situation as long as the dose is adjusted well. So we need to have, yes, baseline hormonal testing to see what levels of those hormones are. I do check hormones mostly through blood or sometimes 24-hour urine. Blood test is very fast, very accurate, very, very easy to do. Saliva, I noticed in my practice that very often is not the most reliable test. 
saliva testing became popular because this type of hormonal kit can be ordered, uh, I mean, from pharmacy, over the line, from catalog. You don't need prescription. Uh, for that reason, I mean, that bec became very, very popular within the last years. However, blood test is more accurate for testing hormones, all hormones except cortisol. Cortisol, I do check through saliva. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. However, all other hormones, yes, I draw blood, I establish hormonal levels, then we decide what should be the dose. I give prescription to bioidentical, for bioidentical hormones to compounding pharmacy, and person can start treatment immediately. Very often those hormones work very, very fast, relieving symptoms, insomnia, hot flashes, night sweats, they can go in a few days. Yeah. So yes, I do hormonal testing now. In order to keep balance, as I mentioned previously, we are all interested in keeping good level because that protects many of our systems. So we want to keep that systems. We want to know whether we have good hormone levels because symptoms may disappear after a few months and we may feel okay. We may not realize that we can feel even better if our hormones were at higher, better levels, but we feel satisfied with whatever we accomplished and we are not getting necessarily all the benefits protecting our major functions of body organs. That's the most important thing, actually, for bioidentical hormones. Majority of patients who come to me, they are interested in keeping good health for as long as they possibly can, and hormones mm -hmm. can help them with this. Yeah. Now, with hormones, and this is probably the last question, and um, we'll, we'll end it uh, tonight, but um, with hormones, if they go... Let's say a uh, word I'll use here is unsupervised. If they go out of control or unsupervised, how can that end up for, for someone? What will happen? Well, uncontrolled and unsupervised, I would never advise this because this can be dangerous. If you overdose, yes. I mean, this is not beneficial for your body. You can create some dangerous situations. And if your hormones are very low, even though you don't feel any significant symptoms, you may not getting benefits. So from time to time, at least twice a year, having your hormones checked would be very good and sound investment into your health. Mm -hmm. Now, if they're uh, unchecked and your hormones are low, and what I mean by unchecking this, this here, or if you're having problems with your hormone, can they end up within specific diseases that can happen from these, these things? Well, yes, it is. It has been very well documented by science. That, and, for example, it was noticed for many, many years that uh, women develop uh, higher risk for heart attacks after menopause. Uh, they have also uh, significant osteoporosis postmenopausally. Uh, they can uh, develop memory problems leading to dementia and Alzheimer's. So, yes, many degenerative diseases can be related to low hormone levels. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, and I, I read, a, I was reading something, and I don't know, I got two conflicting reports on 
low testosterone in men being a contributing factor to prostate cancer. Is that have you come across that? Yes, low testosterone because usually those men who have low testosterone, they may have excessive amount of estrogen, which can create prostate enlargement and can increase risk for prostate cancer. Good level of testosterone throughout life usually does not predispose to prostate cancer. Hmm. Yeah, because I I read something and then I read a conflicting report, and sometimes you don't know... (laughs) What's right? Because you're getting two conflicting um, viewpoints. So I'm glad you um, cleared. That's very cool. Like recently, there was some study which was published, which said that actually men who are on testosterone replacement can have side effects, and including strokes and heart attacks. Now, when we looked close at this type of study, this particular one, we noticed that the men in that study. Uh, they had very low level of testosterone. They had testosterone in 200s range before they started treatment, and then they were replaced only to the level of about 300 to 400. And their level of estrogen was not checked during this study. And Mm -hmm. we know that testosterone level less than 500 is not very protective for men. So men need testosterone to be at least 500 or higher. And also those men who had low testosterone and high estrogen level, they may be more prone to developing coagulation problem like increased viscosity of their blood leading to strokes because estrogen, excessive amount of estrogen caused that problem. Estrogen increases blood viscosity. So high level of estrogen may make blood to clot faster, leading to blood clots and strokes, where, for example, good, well-balanced, low level of... I mean, men do need some estrogen. I mean, we don't want to lower and eliminate estrogen completely from men's body, but they need to have estrogen at certain level not very high. If this goes higher, then yes, this can create problems. So that was the study that, that actually many other scientists disproved immediately. But from time to time, we observe those studies who tell you something that you think, well, wait a minute, this is totally different than I believed. So when we see something and when we hear something that is conflicting, the best advice is to research, do more research, more studying, learn more about this. Because then, yes, you may say, well, this study was flawed, or maybe what we are thinking so far we were in error, and maybe we should change our thinking. So when we have many different viewpoints, then we can make so-called educated, well-informed decision right. and, and have our own informed opinion about the subject. Yeah, many people don't do that. Many people just see what they see on television, and if it says it on television, then that's what they that's what they believe. They never go in in depth and read anything. So I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that one. Um, is there any other uh, parting words, anything else you wanted to, to cover with us? Actually, I wanted to, your site is mybioidenticalhormones.com, correct? Yes. 
Yeah, and you can go on there and you can check Dr. Krasinska's uh, site out. She has a wealth of knowledge on there, the things that we've been talking about, testosterone, andropause, uh, different uh, things for testosterone replacement, hormones for men and both women. So you may want to go on there and uh, check that out. Um, is there anything else you wanted to cover tonight? Well, it is important to get um, educated on health-related issues because the more we know, the more we can protect ourselves, take proactive approach. Um, actually, we should not wait and uh, believe that, okay, since I don't have any symptoms right now, I don't need to worry because very often problems with health, they are like icebergs. They develop under the surface, and when they break through, then it may be too late. So educating yourself on uh, health topics, uh, finding the best uh, suppliers of quality food, nutritional supplements, balancing hormones, keeping stress level uh, balanced and immune system that can help us and this can really pay off dividends of good health for the long, long time. Yeah. I'm going to have to steal that quote from you about the icebergs. I love that. So I'm going to have to steal that for you. It, it might pop up on Facebook, but I'll give you credit for that quote because I, I love that. But um, thank you so much for being on the show. I'd love to get you back on a later date so we can talk about the uh, metabolic testing you do because I think that's very important as well, and a lot of people have no idea about that, that type of stuff. And, um, and to talk more about hormones. But, again, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. I really enjoyed it. It's my pleasure that I could share my um, views on health-related topic with your audience. It was wonderful, and I would like to thank everyone. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, and I'll be in touch, Dr. K. okay? Thank you. All right. Good night. Have a good evening. night. All right, so that's the show, guys and gals. Um, next week, actually next week, I'm doing something um, as an experiment. I'm thinking about moving the show to Mondays and Wednesdays in 2014 with the new year. Um, and reason being is that uh, I think I'm competing with maybe another show. So, <laughs> But um, that's okay. But uh, I think I'm going to start doing a show on Mondays and Wednesdays. And hopefully I'll get into do, doing two shows per week. But next week on next Wednesday, this is going to be the bomb show. And we're going to be talking about cancer and ketogenic diets. I have Dr. David Jockers coming on. He's actually a chiropractor. Well, he'll be talking about the success he has with treating cancer with a ketogenic diet. And if you've gone back and you've listened to uh, Frida Munkach, uh, she has success with ketogenic diets as well in helping her uh, helping her clients lose weight, and we talked about that on that show. And you can always go on that show and, and visit the archives and listen to it. But next week, again, it will be Dr. David Jockers, and we'll be talking about uh, treating cancer with a ketogenic diet. So as always, I'll see you at the same fat time and on the same fat channel. It's been Darren McDuffie, affectionately known as the Fat Man, and I am signing off. Peace.